everybody, and welcome to the third episode of The Rabbit Hole Project. I am your host, Curtis Martin, and today we'll be talking about university. Yes, the dreaded university. We're all done first year, and we need to talk about it, and we want to help you if you're going into university. So today, I brought in a couple experts to join me. Experts is a very generous term. (laughs) My, My first guest, as you just heard, he's one of the goofiest guys I know. We love him. Nate Kennedy, how's it going, Nate? Welcome back. Well, thank you very much for having me back. I mean, Goofy can be taken two ways, but I'll choose to spin it in a positive light. Alrighty, great. And with her first (laughs) appearance on the Rabbit Hole podcast, and one of my former classmates in my English class this last semester, Sydney, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited to share my experiences with first year university. (laughs) Alrighty, so I feel like the perfect uh, way to start, I don't know if, Sydney, you did anything with this, but uh, I think O-Week was kind of like our first, like, experiences of university, so I was just wondering if you guys had any, like, comments or any stories from O-Week that you wanted to share. Mm, well, I did look at, like, what was going on during that time, and I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. I just, like, never, like, never went out and did it because it's also I also like wasn't in residence and also I don't know like I didn't really know that many people going there so I I was like oh I can't just go alone you know I don't know so I didn't really I didn't attend but yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah you can actually you can speak more to that because that's a great reason why you're on this podcast is you can give the perspective of the students that don't live on residence especially in the school like Ryerson who has a lot of commuters just like maybe talking a little bit more about how um you how you felt like going into university the fact that like you didn't know anyone it's not like you were going to res hello okay now did you uh, did you hear my question and i can't hear you again Uh, it keeps cutting out Can you now hear me I hear again? you. All right. Can you hear me? Yeah. Still? Okay, All right. So my question basically was the fact that you weren't in residence, how did that affect your uh, opinion of university going into it? I had a really difficult time. Um, especially, so like most of my friends went away um, into residence and I was like, I'm not going to go away. Like I'm fine. Like, I'll save money. I'll be like, if you don't know, like I I live really close to the school. So it's not like a, it's like a 10 minute walk. So like, it's, I'm fine with that. Like I love walking and I was like, I'll save money and it's all good. Like there are pros and cons to staying home and going to residence, like staying home. I had my parents here, like they can make me food. They can like do stuff for me whereas like if you go away it's different but it's definitely a lot it's probably a lot more fun but I mean it depends who you meet right so friends who are in residence maybe I would have had more fun or I don't know it's just it's hard but I I got I just got used to it but um yeah um I don't know like I felt like I was missing out because it's like it's kind of like FOMO you know if you're missing out I would see on other people's like like um social media like they're their 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 roommates are ha- they're having fun with their room and they're going to parties and all this stuff and they're living on their own and I'm like I want to do that like I'm an independent person like I could do that too but 
it's all right. I'll just, I'll, I'll be, I'll stay at home for now. And then eventually like, I'll, I'll get to like do stuff outside of school. And I also like work in Toronto. So it's, it works out. Like I'll be making money and then later when school ends, I can do whatever I want. So yeah, I just learned to deal with it, but yeah, that's me. <laughs> okay. And uh, so Nate, I guess going off of this, like, what did you like, I don't know, what were your expectations coming into res? Because, like, I oops, I know I had my expectations, but I'm um, just curious what yours were. For me, it was, uh, like, I'm a very I'm a very social person, so I was looking forward to meeting new people. Um, growing up, I mean, your friend group kind of stays throughout, maybe a few changes here and there, some people fall out, but really your main friends will stick with you through thick and thin. But I was just really looking forward to meeting new people. And uh, more more on the topic of O-Week, I mean, they outline all these events for you and realistically a lot of the stuff is very like very personal like you can choose whether or not you want to go to it and there's no obligation so it's really whatever you're interested in going to you can attend so i i attended more of the social stuff so like the first uh the first little concert they had with like an edm dj and i met a few people and we went together um but during that first week i mean for the most part I went to a few of the events, but uh, I was more so just trying to get familiar with the people on my floor. And it was a good way, especially through the uh, floor meetings that the uh, that the RAs put on um, throughout the first few weeks really helped kind of ice break us into uh, meeting everyone that was on our floor and branching out and uh, meeting new people. So for the most part, I um, I tried to make the most of a week. And really, for me, the making the most of a week was just making connections instead of like attending some of the events. So, I mean, I got more familiar with, like, my friends that I now know. And, uh, and honestly, Ryerson as a whole and the residents that I ended up living in. So, it was, it, was a good, uh, it was a good experience to get familiar early to uh, set myself up for the rest of the semester, for sure. Yeah, like, um, just a preface, because I know from other, like, other friends in other universities that they don't call their RAs RAs. Mm -hmm. So, when we're talking about RAs, they're uh, basically dons. That's what they are. Yeah. They're like the people on each floor that like look after the students and make sure that we don't do dumb basically shit. Basically, your parents, basically your parents <laughs> away from home. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I'm. I when you brought up the um about the EDM concert, that's where I like really met like a lot of people on my floor. I feel mm -hmm. that's the, that was like the day because wasn't that the was that the first or the second night that. Uh, that was that was the second night. Or, oh, actually, no. Yeah, that was the second night because I remember we uh, so I met uh, two of my better friends, uh, GJ, GJ and Lucas. Um, we had met that night and uh, we had we had grouped up with five or six of us. And we ended up after that concert, we ended up uh, leaving a bit early to uh, walk to Spadina to uh, to get some edibles from a uh, from a dispensary. And uh, that was a 50 minute or was it 40 minute walk there, 40 minute walk back. So that was kind of that was kind of the icebreaker night of like our friend group. And we just we ended up coming back from that concert. We had a few there. So we were we were uh, we were having a good time for sure. And then we ended up just going back to my room, watching some fun videos and pop the rest of them. And we just had a great night. So, I mean, that that night. Yeah. That, and that was the second night to answer your question. Sorry, I kind of went off tangent there. No, that's fine. I'm, I think um, one thing during a week that uh, we can all relate to is uh, the fact that like we're all in the same program. We're all in journalism and the fact that we have an orientation. Did you guys go yeah. to the orientation? Yeah, I did. What did you think about the uh, orientation 
for um I for found journalism it so at least. boring. <laughs> I was sitting there and I was like, oh, why am I here? <laughs> I Yeah. It it felt it felt like the longest half an hour. It was only half life. an hour? Oh my god. The at least I'm pretty. If my mind, if my mind serves me correct in my memories. Oh terrible. no! the The first day when we went to like the the amphitheater, or whatever yeah. it was, that that day was like a whole like four yeah, or five hours. That's... Oh yeah, no, no, no. I was thinking of a different day. Yeah, I remember that. That was brutal too. I th- I think that first day it was kind of like we're all just like a bunch of random kids like shoved into this like room and they're like hey make friends oh wait that Learn was, about that the program. was i love how they like tried to make that, it fun uh, and like they're like let's do a scavenger hunt find these people in the building and take a picture with them i was I did, the only person I did that, that did that i still have the photo <laughs> with like my group and stuff i, think... I don't know i think Sorry, Nate, go, you go ahead. Um, no, all I was going to say was uh, the main thing I remember from that day was when we all got uh, we got corralled into that. I forget what uh, what room that was, but we were all sitting and there was a huge amount of people in the auditorium and it was like a huge tiered seating. And Bev and someone else were up there and they were talking about like, what is consent? And oh, was, that was like that, later. That was a lot was later. That, is was Nate that talking? Later? I, I can't that even hear him. Oh, I can't yeah, hear Nate's him. Talking. Yeah, I'm talking. That's okay, but uh, yeah, no, that was like into the year, remember? Because that was a whole different thing. That was like the residence consent thing that they I, had. I, I swear that was earlier, but I, I guess I'm mistaken. And it was in the Ted Rogers building, the new building oh, that yeah, Ryerson built, that is where it was. just You're off right. of uh, Dundas. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, but I think going back to uh, the uh, the orientation, do you think that? Uh, it was worth it going for you guys like do you think that if other students asked you going to the program like hey should we go to orientation would you say yes or would you say no? I would say I don't know if he's talking because I can't hear him but um, I would say yes just because like I guess it was informative but it just took forever like they're always modifying like the way they teach and stuff so it might be different the next year like I know they also brought in people to talk about it but it was also really intimidating just like going into university and they were just like just it was just really Im- intimidating but like i guess it's best to have all the information rather than none i don't know for sure i uh i would agree with the uh intimidating aspect for sure i mean you go in you're kind of packed into a room with all these first year students who in this in your same right have no idea what they're doing and these people are kind of they're put on a spot where they have to kind of guide you to tell you what the course is going to be and a lot of them kind of provided like background of what they've done in their life and like their profession and that that in itself was really eye-opening for me there were a lot of people that had been doing it for a long time and I think I think along that right a lot of people um, did a really good job of like outlining like the course content and like what we're actually going to be doing throughout our four years in journalism so in terms of that I mean you're gaining some more familiarity and uh in what you're choosing to study. So, I mean, I think that, that that in itself, that experience is pretty irreplaceable. So I would say in that, right, I think it's definitely a good idea to attend, but in terms of the, uh, the time block that they did, I feel like it didn't have to be as long as it was. But uh, aside from that, I think it was pretty uh, necessary information to, uh, to take in for sure. Yeah. um, Like, I feel like for me, it was kind of interesting because I feel like the only, (laughs) the only thing 
the only two things I took away from that whole day was when I talked to the uh, photojournalism uh, professor, I was like instantly like, okay, I want to take your class in the upper years. But besides that, I think the other thing that I was taking away is how they kept on like, like, like the people they brought on to talk to like, oh yeah, you have to watch out for like the F warnings because they could fail you and then you could not graduate. And like, I was literally sitting there the whole time and I was just terrified. I was like, I didn't, I was like, oh, I can't mess up. Like this is going to be so hard. And then I think when we got into it, I found it was a lot easier. I feel like they were hyping up the, hyping it up mm-hmm. way too much, but I still think it was a good experience because, you know, you get to see your class, like, physically, like, all, like, 150 people, which I don't think you really get to do that often. So I think it was kind of interesting. And, I mean, I did go to, I don't know about you guys, I did go to the events afterwards, some of them. Like, we had this, like, goose chase thing, and that was pretty fun where we got to run around Toronto and do the scavenger hunt, which was, I thought it was not too bad. And, uh, but... Yeah, I think it was well worth it for me at least. I um I think the one the one thing that would have been really good that I wish they would have done. I understand that um before before we attended they offered uh residence tours and campus tours in order to like gain familiarity with all the buildings and like the most likely route that you're going to be taking depending on your program, but I wish on that day they'd actually taken us like throughout Toronto and like kind of given us given us kind of a better understanding as to where our classes are going to be. Because I feel like those first two weeks, I was really dependent on the online campus map and the ones that we had dispersed throughout campus in order to guide me. And I, I was honestly, to be honest, I was late for a few classes my first few weeks simply because I didn't know where I was going. And I feel like with a little bit of clarification, that would have gone a long way. Yeah, I feel like it's also like kind of weird for me because when I did that tour of the campus, like the one you do when you're applying, mm-hmm. I did it when I was in grade 12 and i went back for an extra year and when i did it they didn't have all the construction on gerard street yeah so this and gerard street for those that are listening is a huge street down the uh, center of the ryerson campus that basically connects you to almost every single building pretty much an integral route to go everywhere throughout campus that was blocked off our entire first year gerard street was completely like under construction don't don't you mean isn't that gerard street the, the street that goes by I think it is. I think it is. Gerard Street. My street. Because Gerard runs the other way. Oh. I think. Okay. Sorry. Gould Street. Whatever Gould, street. Gould goes Street is like the shorter campus, street. The yeah, it's goes. so annoying. Uh, they. I remember like the what was it like the dean of journalism or something something came into the class and people were like, "When's it going to be done?" And the, and he was like, "Uh, like it sounds like it's not going to be finished. It's well, it's definitely delayed because of coronavirus, but." Um, it's probably not going to be finished for a long time. I don't know. I know. I know since I'm in downtown Toronto still, and I was walking past it, like, it looks like it's almost done actually now. Like I was walking past it. It didn't prove a bit. Yeah. Grocery shopping the other day. And it looks like it's basically done, but I mean, hopefully they can finish it up this summer. Yeah. Yeah, For, for people, for people that I just was thinking when I was walking through it, I was like, if they get it done this summer, there's going to be a whole generation of people that don't know what it was like to deal with this, like, huge street being, like, fenced off and, like, you having to walk around this, like, massive 
area that was sectioned off just to get to your class, which added like at least five minutes to wherever you're. It was going. annoying. It's, it's our so campus annoying. is like really different that compared to other schools. Like the the reason for the construction, they would always say it was to make it more green. Like I thought they wanted to add more greenery and stuff because our campus is located downtown. It's all like cars and buildings and malls and all this stuff, right? Like, I think that's why the purpose of the construction, there's not much greenery. There's only, like, that little patch of greenery around, like, Kerr Hall. Yeah. Yeah, in the Kerr Quad, yeah. Yeah, and it seems seems as if all they've done is add pavement slabs and pave where they can to make it smoother, which in itself is definitely uh, a good commodity for students and able to move around campus. But at the same time, if your goal doesn't reflect what the end product is, then why are you doing it? Yeah. There... Yeah, I was I... going to say there Sorry, was like ahead. this, this one um, thing that was it called? There's like, there'd be like air coming out. Do you remember that thing? By the construction? Yeah. The and I would just yeah. always like walk through it. <laughs> I don't know why. It, it smelled <laughs> terrible for some reason. I was it like, was awful. I don't know. Like, I'm emerging from the smoke. I don't know. <laughs> I th- I think it was also kind of interesting, the whole fact that, that I was closed yeah. off. And, you know, I I think it made me, like, learn how to, like, navigate the campus a lot more than if it was open. Because if it was open, you could literally just walk down the street and be like, oh, there's my class. I think it was, like, you have to, like, figure out ways. Because, like, you couldn't just walk across the street. Like, when you went, well, for me, at least, the way direction I come from, from, uh, I live in the home residence, for anyone who's wondering. Uh, the way I come from is f- from towards the metro and the um, the RCC. And so when you come that way, they, you, right when you, like, start on that street on Gould, they, they make you choose. It's like, are you going to go to the left side or are you going go to go to the right side? And if you picked the wrong side in the first two weeks, you had to walk all the way around back to where you started and start on the other side. Easily, so easily annoying. a five minute extension. Yeah, and that construction was there like before I went went to Ryerson, and I like I live close by like the home res- residence, whatever. So like I would just cut through there all the time. It was like a shortcut, or I just like going through there. But then I had to like find alternative ways. Like that, that was not fun. Now, the one thing, the one thing I so, will say is I wish the teachers were a lot more uh, lenient throughout the semester because they were, uh, they were very lenient through the first few weeks. Like, oh, we get it. You, uh, you're understanding where to go kind of thing and like your class setups. But aside from that, really outside of the first month total, I would say teachers really stopped caring about excuses and they expected you to be on time. And honestly, if you're waking up for an 8 a.m. and you're sluggish and you don't realize where you're going, you're going to be 10 minutes late and your teacher. I'm really surprised that I didn't walk into the wrong classroom. Actually, wait, yeah, I did. I did walk into the wrong classroom once. (laughs) Yeah, there's this there's this one um, class, you know how there's the um, what is the building across from the architecture building? That it's like it it almost touches a uh, Pittman. I'm blaming what it's called right now. Almost touches Pittman. Um, yeah, it's like right beside Pittman, pretty much. Oh, I know which one that is too. That was where we went for and the um. What was it? That was where everyone had to go for the fire drill when we had to meet. What is it? Is that it like Shelly something or yeah? Or is it okay? I'm... I I don't know. It's like. I don't remember the name. Anyways, it's this building, and in that building, when you walk in, it's literally just, like, a circle, 
And so, like, for the first, like, two months, I would always... Oh, well, it also doesn't help that in university, for those that don't go to university, some of your classes will have two different spots and for two different classes per week. So, like, say on Monday, it'll be in room 24A, but on Thursday, your exact same class will be in 27B or something like that. So I'd always get the days mixed up. So, like, a couple times during the first semester, I'd walk into my Thursday class when it was Monday, and there'd just be a bunch of, like, fourth years in, like, engineering just staring at me. It was, it was the most, like, terrible thing ever. Like, I'd walk in, and then I'd just get daggers from, like, the prof and everyone in the room, and I'd just like, instantly, like, My high school was yeah, like that. Uh, like, we had, like, room. day one, day two, day three, day four. So it'd be, like... The first two classes would be math and science. And then on Wednesday, it's, like, flipped. So, like, I would always walk into the wrong classroom. So, yeah, I, th- I felt like that was common for me, too. But I also wanted to talk about, I guess, since we're all experts on first-year journalism now that we've all finished mm-hmm. first year. I just want to talk about the program and what you guys thought, like, compared to what you thought was going to happen coming in and what reality was by the end of it. Um, I mean, I didn't, when I was going in, I thought I knew what I was getting into, like, thought I would kind of learn the, uh, the ins and outs of um, kind of more structured writing, because in high school, unless you're taking, like, writer's craft or, like, AP English, you're really not you're not getting that kind of advanced learning that you're going to get at uh, at the university level. But I was, um, I was quickly, I was quickly taken aback by how, by how broad the semester was. Like we were journalism, journalism, I thought would have been a lot more focused on like a few skills, but I quickly learned that really they try to prepare you for every, every single facet of honestly media in general, whether or not it's writing, broadcasting, even setting up setting up a broadcast everything like that so i mean i really i expected it to be more i mean refined i guess if that if that makes sense but it it turned out to be a lot a lot more than uh than what i had expected and honestly i'm i'm kind of thankful that they really introduced us to a lot of different stuff instead of kind of putting our learning in a box yeah i mean uh, coming from me, I think going into it, I've I've known for a while that I wanted to be in this program. So when I was looking at all the programs and like you know Ryerson's very highly rated for this program for journalism at least. So I I instantly was like, yeah, I want to go here. Didn't really like think about the program or like the teachers or anything. Didn't talk to anyone beforehand. Just applied, got in, showed up, and I like the thing that surprised me was how much like kind of real life work that we did yeah especially in um our one class or well i guess two of them but they just switched between uh semesters but the fact that we had these things called story days i think the fact that we did story days i like (laughs) i mean i have some like horror stories from story days but i think it was also like it was a really great experience because for us what we had to do is we had I don't know, what would you say, guys, like six hours yeah. usually to do a story? Yeah, about six, six hours from start of an event 
to uh, to your process writing, taking your information and turning that into a what four hundred. And then a couple of story. days where you didn't even know what your yeah. story was ahead of time and had to figure it out. Yeah. Until that day. Yeah, I think doing that was kind of like it gave me like this adrenaline like, adre- rush. Uh, I can't say the word right now. Adrenaline. Yeah, it's, yeah. And I think doing that was like it really prepared me for now if. I was to work for an organization and they're like, Hey, uh, someone just got shot on the street. Like you need to go report on it. I could go down there and do that now. And I think that I wasn't expecting that, but I was gladly like happily surprised that we got that. Mm -hmm. And I think how many guest speakers also that came in to talk, like obviously journalism is a very like weird industry. The hours aren't nine to five per se. Like you, in most jobs, you don't know. Like one day you could be working, eight a.m. to like four p.m. But another day you could be working like midnight to six six a.m. Like you just don't know. Nope. It's the fact that the school got a lot of their alumni and other uh, people to come in and talk to us. I thought yeah. was really cool too. Yeah, I um, I would, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I am still pretty intimidated with the um, with the idea of kind of getting your own process work through gaining quotes i mean a lot of um a lot of our a lot of your story structure was based on the event you chose to cover and i found that it was a lot easier to cover a story with like a set structure of people than to try to get uh quotes and names from random people who contributed to let's say like an open panel discussion where people could submit questions and have open responses so uh, i mean going going from first year to second year i mean i'm hoping to kind of hone my people skills and kind of be more not uh not aggressive but more um more kind of put oh what's the word oh i can't think of the word right now like be be more assertive in my uh in my journalism integrity and kind of just go go at it from a more uh from a more aggressive standpoint and not be so passive as to be intimidated by a more yeah it's definitely path. a difficult thing to do because like Nobody wants to talk to you. Like I see myself and everybody walking by. I have my I have my earbuds in because I don't want anybody to talk to me. And everybody else has the same thing. They don't want you to come up to them. And then you come up to them, and then they're like, "No, sorry." So it's really difficult because it takes like enough. Like like it's already hard enough to go up to the person in the first place, and then for them to reject you is hard. Plus, we're living in a in a um, society and like age where like when you go when someone goes up to you it's like oh like don't talk to a stranger like I like someone was talking to me and then like uh like if you've heard about that like thing where like people go up to you and like ask you a bunch of questions and tell you to meet here it's a part of like a it's a part of um There's a whole bunch of things going on that make you don't want to trust people. So it's, it's difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, f- I feel like I'm, I think a great, like, <laughs> I'm not going to say story days were easy because they weren't. I feel like I became more confident as the year went on, but I think my uh, favorite story day story is so this semester I had this story day where there's a panel talking about um, homelessness in Toronto, but it was held by York University. <laughs> so if anyone lives in Toronto, you know that you and you're a student, you don't have a car. So, you know, you have to take the subway mm-hmm. to get to York because that's the quickest way. But on the day of my story day, 
the uh, <gasps> one of the subway cars went off the track, so they shut down oh all the subways. <laughs> so I just, so I, I, I think Nate can remember this. I was texting Nate. I'm like, I'm actually gonna kill myself right now. I, <laughs> I could definitely go back and look at the text, but he wasn't a happy camper when, uh, when he found out those subways weren't working. So I, I literally did basically planes, trains, and automobiles. Like I, I had to hop on this other subway from, I think it was Dundas. So I had to get on Dundas and then I had to take it to like Shepherd and then it was closed at Shepherd. So then you had to get off at Shepherd and then you had to take a bus from Shepherd to York and then you had to get off at York and then you had to take another, and then you had to take a subway or no, a trolley from York to (laughs) York University. So I'm, I think the main, like, takeaway from journalism for me was that, like, you have to be ready, like, stuff's going to happen, and you're just going to have to be able to be like, you know what, screw it, like, I need to get this done, like, I need this for my mark, so. To, yeah, my friends have, like, punches. called me crying about their stories exactly. and stuff. It, <laughs> it's, a, it's an experience, definitely. <laughs> I don't know. Do you guys have any good story day horror stories? Um, I mean, me and Julia did the, uh, or me, Julia, and Tristan did the Hong Kong uh, panel where they were talking about the uh, protests that were going on in Hong Kong, where uh, Hong Kong was trying to gain independence. And um, that one, that one was tough because we had to walk about forty minutes in negative. I think it was negative eleven with wind chill, and I didn't have gloves. So I do, I, I do the walk, I'm wearing like a light jacket and a hoodie and I get in there and I, we had, uh, we decided that one of us was going to take notes, one was going to record and then the other one was going to like, just make sure the audio was in order. So I decided to take notes. Um, I wasn't able to take notes for about maybe half an hour of it because I literally couldn't feel my fingers and I couldn't hold a pencil for like five minutes without my hand cramping. So we quickly had to uh, switch roles and rearrange and kind of do it on the fly. But the um, honestly, the content throughout most of the stories, like I, I didn't want to pick an event that I wasn't interested in. And it got to be very hard because you could only have a certain amount of people at certain events. So you kind of had to be on the ball with what you wanted to do and kind of take advantage right away while it was open. So I was very lucky to uh, to know what topics I was interested in and uh, and take advantage of the opportunity while they were open to actually learn about something that I'm interested in and anyone anyone could tell you that you're more you're more passionate about something that you're actually interested in so you're going to pay you're going to pay attention more you're going to try to make your product a bit better so I mean I would definitely advise that to anyone going into uh going into first year not journalism in itself but try to stick to content that uh that you enjoy and that you're passionate about because you'll find that it's a lot easier to write about and a lot easier to be creative in that uh in that mindset yeah, if you can. Yeah, do if that. you have the option, of course. I think, I think the next way that I want to take this is talking about just dealing with professors. <laughs> oh boy, because I I feel like I feel like no one prepared me for how big of of douchebags some of my professors were gonna be. Yeah, and like you can't. Like it's so hard because like you can't like express how you feel. Yeah. Um. And and not get a letter from the dean, but like also, what they're doing is sometimes like pretty pretty wrong, pretty shitty. wrong. Like, and uh, 
it's tough for it's tough for first years especially because you're going from you're going from high school teachers who their job is to prepare you for your future aka post-secondary education being university or college so your teachers in high school are a lot more hands-on and a lot more forgiving and caring in terms of your process work and your ability to produce a good product and honestly just your interpersonal skills between them like you can go up to a high school teacher and you can be like oh um like i didn't have time to do it this weekend is there any chance i could get like an extension or i could do it like monday and most like nine times out of ten they're gonna say yeah no problem but for university professors i've i learned very quick that they a lot of them are in there just to get paid a lot of them are in there just to do their nine to five and get their work out and then if the student doesn't submit it they don't care they're not going to lose sleep over it they're still getting their paycheck so i mean you really have to you have to be you have to be able to differentiate work and play i think and kind of be able to prioritize yourself in order to get tasks done on time but at the same time i mean you'll learn very quickly if a professor is willing to help you out or if they're just there to do their job and leave and i mean it's very it it becomes very difficult when you can't get the mark that you want, not only because of your own ability to do the work, but the lack of the lack of kind of help that that certain professors uh, don't give you, because really it is it's a two way street. Like in order for you to get the best education possible, they have to be willing to help you. And for the ones that aren't willing to help you, your mark's going to suffer as a result. So I mean, certain certain professors definitely set me back. I'm not going to. I'm not going to lie. In certain courses, I didn't really feel like the course content was necessary. Uh, JRN 106, I don't mind throwing that out there. But um, yeah, I mean, certain professors are just in there to get paid. And I feel like that's the hardest. That was the hardest thing for me to understand was, wow, this is this is real life. I feel like, I don't know, you guys can comment on this. But like, from my experience, I thought that our program professors were always really good. Well, like I didn't have any problems with anyone from <laughs> journalism. Like, sure. No, so, like, there's someone else. There's, there's one name that comes to the top of my head. I don't. Okay. I don't want to uh, say the name, but I, I had hear. an instructor for the first semester um, who was really difficult. Um, she just like I just really felt like I I also consider myself to be really like a like an outgoing person and I like I talk a lot in class like I don't know so I when I had her like I just couldn't really like say anything in class like I and it's really difficult because all the instructors like I understand that they're different people but obviously they mark different ways and so some teachers some instructors will be more hands-on and be let me see what you have but when I try to show my instructor I'm like can you look at this I'm not sure if like this is like right and she's like I can't really look at it and I was like, what? And and I just, she gave me really bad marks. But I guess in the end, like, it did make me work harder. But then I'm thinking, like, what if I didn't really do that bad in the beginning? What if it was just her? But um, I know that other people in my class um, will, like, agree with me about, like, how, like, like she wasn't that friendly or, I don't know, like, just very helpful. I didn't find her very helpful. But, yeah, that's my opinion. Um, I don't know. Do you have anything to <clears throat> say on that point? Nate? Um, I mean, throughout the two semesters, I was very lucky to have uh, two really good lab instructors. Um, shout out Dan and shout out Gene. I mean, they were both like Dan. Dan especially was definitely the most caring and 
helpful prof I think I've had throughout my first year. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. Way, I don't know how Dan uh, Dan's doing uh, physically and uh, with his uh, w- with how his surgery went, but I, I wish the best for him in these uh, pressing COVID times. But he was uh, Curtis can attest to it too. He was he was amazing. Like for uh, I was very intimidated going into my first few journalism classes, and he he made it so easy to just go into class and be myself and do my work. And honestly, he he made me better throughout that semester. I, I had no idea what I was doing in the first semester. And he, he put me on the right path. And he was he was amazing throughout all my process work. He would always take time and help us. I mean, I, I can't I can't go on and say enough nice things. And the same thing about Gene, like, Gene, Gene was a harder marker. But again, that made that made me better again, because your standards then are raised by their standards that they have of you. So your work in turn will be better because of their expectations being higher. And, uh, and honestly, a lot of a lot of TAs throughout some of my uh, elective courses, like my nonfiction course I took this year. Uh, Reese Reese was my uh, I, I, you guys probably don't know who Reese is, but Reese was my um, TA, and he he did a great job of relating some really difficult course content in uh, in nonfiction into some more relatable uh, relatable information in order for me to uh, be able to process it a bit better. But um, but there was a certain there was a certain person who led a certain course in uh in semester two that i'm not i'm not gonna throw anything negative on them but <laughs> that was uh will you say what course it is i mean i mean i already did about five minutes ago uh but, but it, it was, was jrn 106 um <clears throat> yeah um but there that course content i feel like didn't accurately reflect what we were what our intention was during first year and i felt like most of the content in that course had no relation to what we were studying in the past and i understand that she that oh they well yeah whatever um that that they have a job like they have a job they have a job to run a course and teach us but at the same time the course content i don't think was very reflective of what we what our intention was and what they actually tried to relay to us and i feel like they could have been done in a bit better of a format and i feel like the like the workload was i really underestimated how much work we had to do in that course for how simple i thought it was going to be and i really think that that they had a great opportunity to kind of relieve us of some stress but i felt like it just kept piling on through the amount of course content but i also do think that like i found it interesting because it was like you know, it was like a bunch of different various things that we got to experience other than like writing, like we got to do, you got to make like a website and do a video. And that was interesting. Also, like I do appreciate that class, because I think most people can say this is true that they have high marks. And so I like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and that's and that's no means that's no means to slander uh, slander that particular person in general, but in yeah, exactly. Like there's a there's a time like the lab the lab should be the focus the focal point of your journalism year, and I couldn't agree more with that. But at the same time, as being the complementary course of that kind of integral content to our learning, it should enhance those same principles and that same learning. And I understand that, like, differentiating from that is very important and learning new skills is very important. But honestly, I found it, I found it really hard at times to balance both of those at once because it seemed like a lot of the stuff, a lot of the deadlines overlapped. A lot of the work 
seemed to like I I couldn't imagine like there are plenty of times where me and me and Curtis or some of our other friends would be talking about the assignment like a particular assignment and we would just be like I don't know why we're doing this and I feel like that that's the kind of question where you kind of start to wonder like is there is there something better that could be coming out of this content? Is there an alternative way that, that this person could present it in order to make it more relatable to us or relatable to the other content that's being presented? I mean, and and yeah, I mean, that's really all I have to say about that. I think, I think that what, if I was to go back to my past self and talk about what's going to happen in first year, I think the main thing I'd want to tell myself is, is hey make sure that you don't sleep on the 106 assignments yeah. like cuz they'd always leave them to like the day before Couldn't they were due and i would be grinding them out so i mean even though that they were i'd say 90% of the time fairly easy and like you could get them done in an hour it's just that like well i mean this goes for anything in university that you don't want to leave it to the last yeah minute. i agree with you um i mean and i am i'm not gonna lie i am coming from probably a different perspective of you guys because pretty much every one of my electives was an english elective so my work my course load was very was very serious throughout both of my semesters and uh and that's more so uh why i found it hard to find time like in order to balance my electives and my jrn 105 and 106 but um but yeah, I mean, it's, it's very, it's very important to learn, uh, learn time management, like being able to manage your time and being able to differentiate, like, okay, I have to do this work so that I can have fun or like see my friends later. Like, that's a really important thing that I feel like first years really need to uh, kind of get the, get the reins on earlier else you're going to, like, there are a lot of people who drop out because they can't, they can't be able to discipline themselves and know when you have to do your work and you have to know when your deadlines are. Yeah, I think that's very true. I think I did a lot of English electives too, but I also mixed in different things here and there. I mean, I think the one thing that you you need to do in first year is that you have to know like what you want to take. Like if you just go and be like, oh, I'll just take this, then your experience is going to be a lot worse than if you have an idea of like what you're going to take, like your interests and yeah. stuff. Which also brings me to the the tip of to not forget what day um, course selection starts mm, for first year. Yeah. Which I did, and I th- thought it was the day after, and I went on, and there was nothing yep. available. Yeah, I was I was stuck with a uh, stuck with a course that I didn't want, and Curtis Curtis knows very well. I took uh, how long would you say I took about two two and a half weeks to get into uh, to get into this course that I wanted to get into because I just. I couldn't rearrange my two semesters because it was too late. I was already, I was already enrolled in my courses and there was a lot of dropping and a lot of rearranging that had to happen. And throughout those, throughout those two, two and a half weeks where I was really trying to set up my semester, I kept emailing this uh, one particular professor um, trying to get into this uh, sociology course. It was a hip hop through or um, hip hop through a societal lens or something like that. And I was trying to get into that for about a week and a half. And I finally got the email back that I was able to get into the course. And that really set up my uh, first semester. But yeah, you definitely have to realize uh, your deadlines and your uh, your due dates for certain uh, school. Uh, what would you even call that? Like school processes, I guess, like transcripts and shit like that. Yeah. I Yeah, I agree. 
I feel like the the next thing I want to talk about is, I don't know, kind of the uh, the atmosphere in which uh, we're, we, like, joined into university because, obviously, like, we're in downtown Toronto. Mm-hmm. I'm just w- wondering, especially, like, from Sydney's perspective, because she already lived in Toronto. Like, what, how did you like, feel? Like, how did, what do you mean? Like, how did... In that sense. Like... Like leaving home, I, I you guess mean? it's more for me and Nate because, like, what I'm thinking, well, we, well leaving home in, in the sense of like you're leaving high school too. Because honestly, when I left high school, I thought, oh, maybe these were going to be like this was like maybe I peaked in high school. Like, I honestly thought maybe that for I... a second. Like, when I was going, <laughs> maybe I peaked in high school. I don't know. But I, yeah, I feel like just maybe talking about that especially like making complete new friends like how do you guys go well, about doing that um, maybe maybe that's where i, I should ask like an arts high school and i loved it and um i just like made a lot of good connections so it was really hard because i really i miss it um but you just definitely have to keep in touch with your friends and sorry am i crying uh what's wrong Lola okay um come here Lola oh sorry okay um yeah uh I don't know going I always found it pretty easy to make friends like um it's funny because like Curtis and I were put into a group chat and like I didn't really know him like I knew like one person in the group chat but then like like then one day like we were all talking and then we like all like FaceTime and then I met Curtis after school ended so that was funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I was like, wow, I just made yeah, friends quarantine. in quarantine. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I don't, I don't know. I'm just rambling. Yeah. I think for me, it was kind of like, I think a good example of how I met uh, Nate and uh, Tristan, but Tristan, we're both of our mutual friends. Been He's not a been on. on this podcast. Hopefully, he gets on one day. But uh, no, yeah, he wouldn't. No, he's not been on. I keep on asking him, and he keeps on rejecting me. So, if, <laughs> if if you if you're listening to this, then convince him to join. If you know if you know him personally, DM him as soon as you listen to this part and say, Tristan, go on the rabbit hole project. We need you. Anyways, so um, I feel like really the first day that I made friends was the first lab that we had it was for such a stupid reason like i was sitting in the lab and then nate and the tristan who i didn't know at the time walked in behind me and the only reason i started talking to them was because uh, tristan was wearing a blue jays hat i was like oh you're a blue jays fan huh and that's just how we started talking (laughs) don't let that be forgotten i I wear that fandom ship with pride Hence, penguins all the way. That's so funny. Yeah, our our friendship started on hatred. Yeah, it, that was our that was our first interaction. Was I forget I forget how the conversation went, but I know I made a comment about the penguins hat, and then he goes, "Oh, who are you a fan of?" And I was like, "Oh, the Leafs," and he's like, "Oh boy," or something like that. And uh, that's where it kind of kicked off. And then I think after that, I think after the last live, you guys came back to mine, and we kind of just hung out for a bit. And then, uh, yeah, kind of just kicked off from there. And then after that first class, we, like, walked through um, 
we walked to like towards the SLC, and then we were just we we talked for like I swear like forty minutes just about like rap and like who our favorite <laughs> rappers were and like what our our Mount Rushmore was. It, it it's really which... it's really easy to uh, like. Uh, I don't mean to cut you off, but it's really easy. Uh, I mentioned it earlier, but for me being like. I wouldn't really necessarily say I'm a social butterfly, but it's very like you, you interest and know very well. It's very easy for me to meet new people and make friends. So, I mean, coming into a new environment, especially somewhere as diverse as Toronto and honestly the Pittman and home residences as a whole, I mean, it was really easy for me to kind of meet someone and then branch off through them and meet even more people. So I gained a pretty big circle of like close friends pretty quick. And honestly, I would, I wouldn't take that back for the world. Like I'm still, on Snapchat messaging people all day like that I met in like the first two weeks of school and like it's the same I'm sure you guys can attest to the same thing there are certain people that kind of are unforgettable like now that you couldn't imagine like not talking to every day yeah I yeah I relate to that I think <clears throat> what was I gonna say I just lost my train of thought um what I was gonna say actually is that I think like you have to you have to, like, meet people through classes. Like, I feel like half my friends I met out of necessity. I was, like, in, especially my electives where I was, like, hey, um, I'm really struggling with this. Do you know what you're doing? Yep. <laughs> and then we just, like, walk on because they would somewhat know what they were doing. And then, like, you would create that bond or, like, from the people you meet in your program, they introduce you to people. And so, like, I don't think it's that hard to make friends in university, but... I think you also I agree with you. I agree with you. Sorry so for that you do. I agree with you that it's not that difficult yeah. to make friends. But the thing that sucks is like, like I made two really good friends uh, in one of my classes, uh, and then you you're with them for a semester, and then now like it's really tough to see them because of their schedule and stuff. You know, right? Like you have one class with them, and then, then for one semester, and then that's it. You know. Yeah. For, yeah, for a lot true. of people, it's really hard to find time with their friends, uh, especially first year, because a lot of um, a lot of what comes with university is like changing environments. Like I knew uh, a lot of people I met in um, in this one course that I ended up dropping in uh, first semester. Uh, I think it was power and politics, power and power in Canadian politics or something like that. Yeah, that people one, yeah. power and politics. So like that. I was in that class for two weeks before I ended up dropping for that social sociology course. Um, but I met I met like three people that honestly I didn't I didn't even get to see again just simply because our our schedules didn't realign. They didn't live on res, so it was really hard. But um, I mean, it's re- it's really important to kind of once you find once you find connections and find people who you like to be around, like try to stay in touch as best you can, even if the situation isn't the best. I mean. Because you never know; those those people might be with you for the rest of your life, and you don't even know. And those people may come back throughout your next years in certain courses. I also feel like um, I'm going to talk about uh, Pittman a little bit here, but uh, which is a, yes, sir. A residence uh, Ryerson. I think I think like the funniest thing was that when I uh, when I started hanging out with Tristan, like I was I, I would say it was at Pittman like a lot a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, I was there often, so like I feel like towards the end of the year that almost like I knew more people at Pittman than I knew in my own residence building. <laughs> like I just walk around Pittman. They'd be like, Oh, Hey Chris, how's it going? I'd be like, Oh, Hey, how's it going? So it was like, towards the end, I was like, damn, like so many people know me here. And like in my own res building, like sure. A lot of people on the floor and a couple people scattered across building know who I am. And I talk to them, but I feel like it's, 
just because you're in one res building or just because you're not in res, if you have that one friend that gets you into that community and everyone's pretty chill, then it's not hard to get a large group of friends and to hang out and do fun stuff. I'm not going to lie. When you just mentioned that, I just, uh, I kind of realized you don't really notice how, how many friends you make until like you're walking around just on a regular day or you're walking to class and you end up like dapping up like five or 10 people and you get like three or four texts like, yo, what are you doing when you like just got to class and they're like, Oh, let me know when you get back. And it's like, it's just little things like that. that really, I, I'm not going to say I took for granted, but, I kind of, I, I really appreciate now that like these people that I barely knew at the time were kind of going out of their way to make me, make me kind of feel comfortable and make me feel welcomed into whatever, whatever circle they happen to be in and whatever they happen to be doing. Like there, there are countless amount of nights that I can't even remember. I, I wasn't doing anything in my room and I'd get a text from like, let's say like Jack, Lucas or Tim, who I'm sure, you know, Curtis, um, but we would like just little things like that. And like, Hey, what are you doing? Like, we're going to go outside and like throw on a football. We're going to like ball up or something like that. And it's like, it's just the little things that honestly, I, I really appreciate now looking back at first year that really, if I didn't have those experiences, I, I couldn't even imagine how my first year would have been different. Yeah. I, I think the one thing that's critical for me for first year is that, yes, you make a lot of time and a lot of friends during class. But for me, it was the extracurriculars mm-hmm. that I did that got me a lot of opportunities like for example i i was doing photography for the newspaper the campus newspaper the eye opener for their sports section a lot so i was going to the soccer games the volleyball games hockey basketball like you name it i was doing that so i think i met quite a few people through doing that and then also the fact that i was on the rugby team this year too i think having those kind of bonds and like having a bunch of, especially like getting to know some of the upper year kids because of you being on a sports mm-hmm. team. I feel like if you can on whatever university you go to try to, even if it's only recreational sport, try to like get out and do something, especially if you like sports. Like I think just because you're not a varsity athlete doesn't mean that you can't go out and still enjoy sports and get to new, to know new people, especially early. I'm not going to lie. Now that you uh, mentioned rugby, I mean, I I told Curtis this, but um, going into first year, I was really looking forward to trying out for the, uh, for the men's volleyball team. Um, And unfortunately I didn't, I didn't get to make the tryouts because of, uh, because of me trying to restructure my first semester. And honestly, I just had, I had way too much going on in the time to even think about trying out. Um, But given, given around the middle of the year, I really, I really regretted that decision about not pushing that harder because I really, I really missed the opportunity from uh, from high school because really I played almost every sport I could in high school. We did fairly well in pretty much all of them, won some city champs. Um, but I really, I really missed like kind of just the camaraderie of a team and just that kind of aspect of it. But I mean, there are always ways that you can uh, replace that kind of experience. Like I would go and play basketball pretty much every week at the uh, at the rack near. Uh, near residence which was, we there were like pickup times for basketball and there were like drop-in times for full court and stuff like that so just finding time to uh do the things you love is uh really really something that's kind of underappreciated uh in terms of the uh the res life in the campus facilities there's always something to do uh with what you're interested in and it's just really up to you to go out and find it really i yeah, did I not but i was like considering it but i'm, I'm kind of like I do like agree that like take doing extracurriculars will like open more opportunities. Like you'll meet more people, but it, it was like hard navigating my first year. And I just like, don't think I would have time for it. 
Like, I was, like, I also, like, started working, and then I, like, also, like, I, I, like, would go to the gym, and then just, like, all the homework and everything, I just, like, didn't think I would have, I didn't think I had time for it, and I don't think I did. Obviously, can make time for it. Like, at the beginning, I was, like, oh, I could, like, do, like, a sports team, or, like, maybe, like, people are telling me to try out for, like, the musical, but, like, there's, I don't think I could have done it in my first year. Maybe another year. I don't know, but, yeah. No, I think you bring up a good perspective of the sense, like, especially, like, if you're a commuting student and you don't live in downtown Toronto, how it's kind of difficult, like, when you're not in classes, like, being able to do that kind of stuff. So, like, I I would also say, like, it's not the end-all, be-all of, like, doing that stuff. It wouldn't have been too hard for me since I don't live too far, Um, but... Yeah, I, I'm glad with my decision not to do it in the first year. And it was difficult beca- because in high school, like, I did – I was on several sports teams. And I, like I, – I was in, like, drama. And I, like, put, put on – like, we were – I was in a play. Like, so it's difficult not doing – you're so busy, so sometimes difficult. Now I want to go, like, really off the road right here and – just do a topic that I think is important to any student that's coming to Ryerson. I think I want to talk about some of the good food places <laughs> that are around the campus. Okay. them better than us because she's lived here. For are long, you guys both from like the I same think... place? Okay, we're gonna exclude like. Okay. No, I'm uh, no, no, he's no, from he's Guelph. From... I'm from Burlington. <laughs> Represent Guelph. Hey, Burl- Burlington is literally the quietest city. In, only passed away. in Canada I it is it is unbelievably quiet with how many old people there are here but hey me and, me and my friends here find every chance we can to, to fuck some shit up <laughs> um, okay but back on well, the food places I will say sorry on, to, on that note Bocconcini Bocconcini is the best pizza place I had in Toronto it is a two-minute walk from Pittman residence it's not, it's what it was. It was like nine twenty five for a walk-in large pizza and anywhere else you'd be paying like 16 bucks for a large pizza. And it was, it was, I was so surprised by how good it was that I had to keep going back. That's definitely one Never place heard that of I it. could go 10 times out of 10. I don't know. I've, I've never been. I've never been, and the only reason I know about it is because you kept on talking. Like the one day you kept on talking about, it, you're like, "Oh, we gotta go to Bogacini's one time." I had it. With, I had it with Tristan. He has, he said the same thing. He said the same thing. He loves it too. Yeah, Curtis is going. You'll, you'll have to send me the directions after this. Hundred <laughs> percent. No. Oh. Yeah, he's going today. I'm going right now. It's worth it, man. Even I'm telling you, it's like even if they're closed, I'm gonna find the owner. Even if they're closed, I'm gonna find the owner. Okay, I'm gonna good. drag him into his own store. I'm gonna make him. Hey, hey, pizza. hey. Now the one I will say the whoever the owner is of that place, he's one of the best humans I've ever met. We would walk in and I would go in with Curtis knows who Jack is, but we would go in and and oftentimes we would be we would be inebriated by a little bit of the devil's lettuce, you know. So we'd be very we would be hankering for a lot of food. We would go in and probably get like two or three pizzas for like five of us. And with like without batting an eye, he would he would like ring us up. He would charge us right away, and we'd go outside and just hang out like while while the pizza was being made. And he he never he never showed any signs of stress or remorse for like ringing us up late at night whenever we went. And he honestly he's he's a real one for that. 
He really is. He's a great. He's a great man. I don't know. I think if I was to recommend one place, that's like not like a fast food place because obviously, like we have Tim Hortons all over the place and McDonald's. You have the Eaton Center, so mm-hmm. that's fine. But like, I think uh, the best like yes. local place. I think Burrito Boys. Yeah, is Burrito Boys. Yeah. A must. Burrito Boys. Okay, so. I have had this battle with so many people, but I it's believe the best that Burrito, Burrito Boys is ten times ever. better than Chipotle. And, um, and Burrito Boys, and, I've always had Burrito Boys. Burrito Boys is really good. And it's cheaper than Chipotle, too, so if you're on that, which you are, if you're going to be going to the university. On that restricted on that, budget grind. On that restricted budget, yeah. And the burritos are so big. Like, when you get, like the first time I got a, <laughs> a large, large burrito, burrito is like there, a baby fetus. <laughs> It is, it is massive. It's like it's easily like a couple pounds. Hundred percent. And like, they're open till I think at least before quarantine they were open till about three a.m. on weekends. Yeah. So it was always pretty nice because you could like say you're like coming back from going out and you're like, oh, I'm really, really hungry yeah. right now. You walk ten minutes, you're at Burrito Boys. Um. And you just go get a burrito. Oh, sorry. Okay. Um, oh, uh, oh, go I know that like the Eaton Center has like a lot of choices, but I like I would go in there sometimes, but I just didn't like going in there because it's always so like hectic and there's no place to sit. But what I would recommend it's actually attached to Ryerson. Um, it's called Basil Box, and you can actually um, get I think ten percent off showing your student card. Uh, you get a like a box like whatever, and you can like pick what you want. So you can like pick if you want like salad noodles rice and you pick your protein and your like sauce and like vegetables or like meat you want on it or whatever you want and i, I just i really liked it yeah um i'm not gonna lie i Basil only box? managed to go oh, once chick-fil-a but chick-fil-a chick-fil-a is so good and I okay okay well Chick-fil-A is, like, fat. Okay, actually, because it's the only one in Canada, I'll let you slide on Yeah, this, I know. But... That's that's more so why I was uh, re- hesitant to say it. But I went in. I got some grilled nuggets and some, like, regular nuggets. And I got a bite of GJ's uh, chicken sandwich. And I will say it is the best chicken sandwich I've ever had. Um, but Chick-fil-A definitely is no joke. If you get the chance to go to Chick-fil-A, it is 100% worth it. I only managed to go once, but I'm definitely going to go again next year. 100%. I preface this when I his pick of Chick Fil A is not close to Ryerson. It's not. It's, like it's a not close walk. at all. It's brutal, but it was so worth but, it. We waited in line for fifteen minutes too, so it was like an hour. Think... It was an hour there, like in there, and then half an hour back. So it was the It was almost like a two-hour trip just for some Chick Fil A, but it was so worth it. I love how Nate was when I said, "Oh yeah, where's some like so local far. like places by Ryerson." That picks one, picks one, that's a leg away. Arm and a leg away, and isn't even like a local business, it's just like a big conglomerate. Hey, I it's like, yes, hey, I, I, gave, I gave the viewers Bocancini, so I don't think I should be getting any heat. Bocancini is Bocancini. definitely worth it and extremely close. What was you know, how I maybe I'm just losing my mind, but there's this pizza place that was in between the um, the arts center. Where like all the photography kids go, and the um, and then what is and the, the movie theater? No, and you know the building where it has like 
the ping pong tables and it has like the prank oh, center. Oh, you're talking about that little like a... uh, the little cafe that's in there, right? Yeah, I forget what it's called, but that cafe in there it's, is. I good. think it's called. It's Red Oak or something like that. And you can use your. Uh, pretty sure you can use your uh, flex dollars too, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, your your one card yeah. to pay there. So that was always good. Had, like a great place for the summer or fall or when you're whenever I guess. But I love Balzac's Lemonade. Yeah, really good. Always top on the list. But. But yeah, I think that's great. So I think uh, that's going to do it for us this time. And uh, I'm just going to open up the floor in case there's any last minute advice you want to give about first year of university or anything you want to talk about or anything that you think people should know about if they're going to Ryerson or university in general. So just leave the floor to you guys. Um, I mean, the only thing I would advise people for sure is um, there's a lot, there's a lot of things that are very hectic with first year. And the only, the one thing I'd say is definitely, I would, I would try your best to minimize the amount of stress that you put on yourself. At the end of the day, if you get a 50, who cares? You have so many other assignments to do better on to raise your average. Even if you don't care about your average, you have so many more chances to boost your mark. Um, but honestly, like having having immediate stress on yourself or having too much stress just isn't worth it in the moment. And I know I know a lot of people who honestly went through a lot of like mental health issues while they were at school because they were just so stressed with everything that was going on, and they felt like they couldn't like keep up or they couldn't do it themselves and. Honestly, I, I would just advise to just keep your head up and just kind of power through and not not kind of get wrapped up in the moment of some inconvenience or a few bad marks that end up piling up. I would just try to pursue it. And there's always light at the end of the tunnel and there are always better things to come. So, yeah, stay, um, stay I agree with that. And, power through. and I also suggest um, because I actually have failed. Um, I suggest like trying to take something that you are definitely like something that you're interested in helps a lot um like because i i just like aced a course mm-hmm. that like was about like mythology and stuff like and it, it was also pretty easy so try to look for something that's easy and something that like you're interested in that definitely helps also you have to like try to keep a work um play balance you, you don't want to like overtire yourself with like all this work you definitely need to like relax and you need to have fun and meet people have friends because that's in, like overall that's what university is all about it's not just about like the courses and everything it's about meeting people making experiences and everything and so although I'm not in residence I'm gonna just keep going at it and just try to make more friends and try to make more experiences like I had although I did not like attend any parties at Ryerson this year I do have friends at U of T and I went to U of T parties so like I'm just trying to make the most of it and that's what I suggest you do too I, I agree with everything you. you just said. That was that was perfectly encompassed. hundred percent. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so poetic. Anyways, so I think on that note, we're just gonna end it here. I want to thank Nate Kennedy or Nathan Kennedy. If you want to drop anything that you're working on or your social media, now's the time. Hey, I I mean I go by Nate or Nathan. It's very casual. It doesn't matter. Um, I don't know. My Instagram is Nate underscore Kennedy. It's the exact same as my name would be spelled, just all lowercase. I mean, 
give me a follow if you want. I haven't posted in a while. I mean, try to post more, but, you know, can't control that. We are in quarantine, so really no jump to get out and take photos right now. But thank you all for listening. Appreciate you tolerating my voice for <laughs> what is coming up on 70 Minutes. So thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you and, uh, for Sydney, having me. Do you have uh, sure, you want to plug? Not? I'll plug my Instagram. Um, my Instagram is SydneyDB. Um yeah, uh, I am also worried to listen to this about my voice. I don't know. Whenever someone, whenever you ask to record someone, whenever you're doing an interview, they're like, oh, my gosh, my voice is going to sound so bad. And I feel the same way. But um, hopefully it was not too bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. So that's going to do it for the third. Wait. Yes. <laughs> yes, the third episode. Yes, it is the third episode. The third episode of the Rabbit Hole Podcast. You can find this on, I'm hoping, Apple Curtis, Podcasts. As soon as this comes Curtis, out, it's looking the like they're going to accept us. Be- what's the story behind the, the title of this podcast? Yeah. Oh, agree. Oh, you want to know this? Okay. <laughs> Allison, what I, I mean... <laughs> Quick, <laughs> are you are you secretly Alice? No, are you secretly Alice from Alice? No, the reason why I did is because uh, the phrase uh, "rabbit hole" came from the idea of it's when you uh, talk about something, but then you start talking about Ooh. it for so long that you forget where you started, and so that's. Oh yeah, because you're going, you're like going into the rabbit. Yeah. Hole. Oh, that's cool. I like that. So that's why yeah, I, like I named that. the rabbit hole because I thought like, oh, this is just gonna be a podcast where me and my friends talk about dumb shit. So. <laughs> Gonna... fair enough I, as we've done as we've done and i thought this episode <laughs> wasn't dumb but anyways thank you guys no, very <laughs> thank thank you guys for listening you can find us on spotify under the rabbit hole project you can also find us on anchor same name on uh flexor which i have no idea what that is but we're on that and also hopefully <laughs> like i was saying when this comes out we'll we will be on apple Podcasts. so make sure to follow us like us smash that like button um Give us the listen. Give us the- click the notification bell. Subscribe. Yeah, tell your friends and Bye. have a good one, guys. Bye.